Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, we'll be talking about some of the depth signings made by the St. Louis Blues, including shoring up their bottom six, signing Thomas Grice to a backup role, and more. Plus, the rumors are here again. Matthew Kachuk reportedly may be traded as soon, by as soon as the end of the week as the Calgary Flames fired, filed arbitration rights with him. Looking like the Blues might be in the mix. Exciting stuff there. Busy episode. Make sure you stay tuned. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm your host, Josh Hyman. We got a busy episode for you guys today. Uh, I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, lots of rumors. Lots of free agency news that I got to still cover. Um, so let's just jump into it. Without. Before I get into that, I wanted to uh, thank anyone and everyone out there for making Lockdown Blues your first listen because we are free and available on all podcast platforms. Appreciate you guys making me part of your daily routine, listening to my lovely voice uh, over, a, over a nice cup of coffee in the morning, bowl of cereal, Lucky Charms, Frosted Flakes, whatever it may be. Appreciate you guys. Truly, the numbers have been doing well lately, and I love that. Get, gets me motivated to sit down here and record for y'all. Anyways. <clears throat> Excuse me. First thing I want to do is talk about how I think the Blues addressed one of their biggest areas of need this offseason in sort of a subtle way that not a lot of people are talking about, and that is shoring up their bottom six forward role. That is uh, something that I think was really important for them because their bottom six was very, very crucial to their cup run, and their bottom six was kind of just a turnstile this year, That especially that fourth line didn't have a lot of consistency to it, had a lot of different names filtering through, and no one really uh, providing consistent um play time there so for that bottom six they signed noel achari which come on that's hilarious the guy that david perron tripped uh before the blues scored the game winning goal in game five or six of the stanley cup final i think it was game five um they also signed let's see josh levo uh, a guy that i think is a sneaky really good signing uh, he was pretty good with Toronto in his time there. Has sort of bounced around since then. Um, played a little bit in the AHL here and there, but I think he's going to do a good job of, of honestly having a consistent spot on that fourth line. And then another guy is Martin Furk, uh, similar to Josh Levo, a guy that I think has almost become a little bit underrated in the sense that he hasn't had the chance to um, to shine with an NHL team uh, recently. And for that reason, people might not um, have as much faith that he can uh, make a difference, but I think that bottom six is going to be looking really good, along with a guy like Will Bitten, who had a really good AHL season uh, with the Springfield Thunderbirds. I think he can come up uh, and play a solid role for them as well. So, I mean, when you have a solid bottom six, a solid fourth line, it really takes a lot of the pressure off of your your higher forward um, lines and also your defense. You know, when you have a third and or fourth line that can you know play good defensive hockey, you don't need to rely on your defensemen quite as much. Um, on you know, especially on areas like the penalty kill, uh, I think that they they could have some pretty good penalty killers uh, coming in. Whether it be a guy like Martin Furk, who just has a ton of experience in a role like that, or or Will Benton, who showed that he's a good two way player, um, or even Matt Kessel is a guy I've seen that might be competing for um, a spot on the St. Louis Blues. I know he's a defenseman, but could be sort of like an eighth defenseman guy uh, there. So uh, a lot of depth being brought in by the St. Louis Blues, and I think that's an area. 
even though they were such a deep team last year, um, they were deep with top nine players almost. You know, they, they had a ton of guys that would fit in the first three lines. But when it came to that fourth line grinder role, they were kind of lacking a little bit of grit there, a little bit of tenacity there. And I think they did a really good job of addressing that. I think Nolachari is going to be a spectacular addition to that fourth line or even that third line. Um, you know, if you remember from that Bruins Blues series a couple of years ago, Achari was kind of a menace. He was a pest. There was a reason why he was out on the ice um, so much and in, in an area that allowed him to get tripped by David Perron um, and led to the Blues scoring that goal because they really trusted him. They relied on him. Um, he's not going to put up a ton of points for you, but he's going to play really well on the defensive end of the ice. Um, so I'm really happy about that uh, and the rest of the signings as well. Um, I think the fourth line being good for the St. Louis Blues could do wonders for them next year. Uh, obviously, losing David Perron is gonna is gonna hit their offense, but I honestly think the Blues are a better defensive team than they were last season. Obviously, the defense is looking the exact same, but if Scott Perunovich can step up and he can start playing better, that will improve the defense. Plus, the defensive additions to the fourth line and even the little third line are going to be really really good as well. Um, I'm excited to see what this team can do next season in that regard. I'm excited to see sort of a, a redefined bottom six for the St. Louis Blues. Um, in another position that is redefined is the backup goalie spot. The St. Louis Blues signed very much veteran goaltender Thomas Grice to a one-year deal, two-year deal, something like that. Um, deal isn't that important. You know, he's old. <clears throat> it's something that they can, you know, easily get rid of if they wanted to. But in the second segment, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm going to be talking about bringing in Thomas Grice, what that means for him, what that means for Jordan Bennington, and what that means for the St. Louis Blues. But before I get into that, I want to tell you guys about Built Bar. You know them. You love them. I love them. Now, from the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to all your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the Puffs treatment. That's right. The Coconut Brownie Chunk Bar flavor you love and deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. Coconut brownie chunk puffs are only here for a limited time, so go to Built.com now to make sure you don't miss out. They're going fast because they taste amazing. Delicious coconut, rich sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. Get to Built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk puffs right now. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 at Built.com. I'll be right back with the second half of today's episode. All right, sorry about that. Had my work computer going off a little bit. But anyways, back here, second half of the episode. Still lots to cover. And the first area I want to talk about is Thomas Grice. Um, One thing I'm not going to be doing is talking about any of the controversy surrounding Thomas Grice. Um, I have my thoughts on it. Uh, Not thrilled that they brought a guy like Thomas Grice in because of those reasons. However, from a pure hockey standpoint, that's kind of how I want to talk about it. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, this is going to be a, a purely hockey-based segment. Um, if you guys want to talk about anything like that, reach out to me on Twitter. I'll share my thoughts there. But from a hockey standpoint, it is very clear that the Blues are relying on Jordan Bangston to be the guy once again. Uh, if... The Blues are in a situation where Thomas Grice needs to start as many games as Billy Huso did last season. The Blues are not going to make the playoffs. And that's something that was pretty 
pretty apparent to me when they went out and got a guy like Thomas Grice when there were younger, slightly higher upside players available at that position who could have a Vili Huso-esque season where, you know, maybe you turn to them and they have a, they have a, um, a you know, resurgent performance in that backup role, like a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury uh, is an option. A guy like Ilya Samsonov was an option, but the Blues didn't didn't try to go for anyone like that. Any sort of one B goaltender role, they went for a pure backup in Thomas Grice. Um, and you know, Thomas Grice is reliable-ish. He was really really bad last season with Detroit, but then again, it was Detroit. In the two seasons prior to that, he had put up like a nine fourteen and a nine thirteen save percentage. So, you know, he's not too far removed from decent play. Um, he is very, very old, very, very up there in age, and there's a chance that his Detroit numbers could just be reflective of the fact that he is that old uh, and not not indicative of just him being on a bad team. And I think that could be that could definitely be the case. He could just be washed. He could just be past his prime. But goalies have shown that they can play into their old age. I I'm more leaning towards it's a combination of both he did just get a little bit worse but he also wasn't nearly as bad as the numbers would indicate because he was playing for the Detroit Red Wings team that could not keep the puck out of the net uh, to save their own life so it's going to be interesting to see you know when he gets between the pipes here and he plays in front of a a, I don't want to say a great defense but a much better defense than the Detroit Red Wings had last year and he also is playing you know probably less games than he played in Detroit maybe I don't even know um, depending on what the Blues have planned for him. So he, I think this is a much better situation for him, a much better situation for him to uh, have success in the backup goaltender role. Um, but it definitely worries me in the sense that if the Blues have a repeat of last season where Jordan Bennington just doesn't have it for the regular season and he's playing terribly and losing them games and then he just turned to Thomas Grice for, you know, to become a, a temporary starter... I don't think that Thomas Price can do what Billy Huso did this season um, and, you know, win them 30 games or whatever it was from Billy Huso. I think the more likely fact is if you have to lean on Thomas Price that much, you're you're not going to make the playoffs. And I said that before, um, and I'll, you know, stand by that fact, I think. But I think the Blues knew, knew that going in, you know. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have brought a guy like Thomas Price in if they weren't prepared to give Jordan Bennington... 50 plus starts this upcoming season um and it's going to be a big test for jordan bennington that sort of begs the question of you know could this be the end of the road for bennington if he doesn't perform you know they're basically telling him you have the keys to the kingdom next season you're going to be a full-time starter for honestly the first time in his career you know i mean he was that at the beginning of last year but he kind of lost his job to who so now it's like it doesn't matter how poor you play you're the full-time starter and if you and if you struggle, heck, maybe they trade him. I, I doubt that because then maybe without a starting goaltender, uh, but they could trade him next off season. That could be interesting. You know, I talked about the cap crunch that they're going to be facing. I didn't even mention Jordan Bennington, but who knows? Maybe they're. I don't even know what they would have to do to to <laughs> to have that in the woodwork. Maybe planning on fast tracking Joel Hofer um, to a starting spot. Um, but even then, I think that that would be a little bit unrealistic to expect, just because. Um, you know, he's still young. He's probably still a year or two away, but they do have a lot of goalies in the system. So I wouldn't be surprised if this was a bit of a double-edged sword for Jordan Bennington in the sense that the Blues are saying like, look, you know, we're paying you $6 million. We're going to kind of take the safety that out from under you. We're not just going to give you this 
really good backup goaltender to lean on if and when you struggle because they're paying him like a starting goaltender and they want him to perform like a starting goaltender and so far you know besides his first year Jordan Bennington has not done that so it's going to be interesting to see how he responds to the challenge I think I'm very optimistic based off of the way that he performed uh, in the playoffs most recently. Obviously, he did get injured. I don't suspect that injury is going to have any impact on his play. However, his confidence is the question. I think Jordan Bennington's confidence has always been uh, the X factor in how he plays, and he was playing the most confident hockey he had played in a very long time last year in the playoffs, and it's just a matter of can he bottle that up and come out guns blazing in the regular season and pissed that he got taken out of the playoffs got taken out of that series you know I still maintain that the Blues could have I don't want to say locked into a series win but the Blues could have definitely found themselves on top of that series um if Jordan Bennington uh was you know their full-time goaltender for the rest of that series uh unfortunately you know obviously that wasn't the case um he did get injured and you can't we can't just sit here and speculate oh you know if this happened if this happened whatever but I think that he was playing tremendous hockey, the best hockey that he had played since Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final against the Boston Bruins. Uh, and because of that, I think he is there. That gives me a lot of confidence, a lot of optimism that he's going to be able to come into the next upcoming regular season and play with that same sort of swagger, that same sort of confidence that got him to that point, that earned him the starting job back from Billy Huso. Uh, and I'm excited to see it. I think if Jordan Bennington is able to play at an elite level like he did, uh, and the Blues are able to have consistent defense, which they did towards the end of the season, I think this team could be a little bit better than people are suspecting. Uh, and one reason why they might be a little bit better than people are suspecting is because apparently Matthew Kachuk might be on the roster. I'm going to head to the, the the final ad break a little bit early here because I want to have plenty of time to talk about this Kachuk news and these trade rumors and all that fun stuff. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Going to be busy. Going to be a lot of rumors thrown out. A um, couple, na- couple familiar names going to be in some trade rumors for the St. Louis Blues. You don't want to miss it. Make sure you stay tuned. But other than that, I'll be right back with the end of today's episode. All right. So Matthew Kachuk uh, filed for arbitration with the Calgary Flames, which is indicating to a lot of people, a lot of experts that this could be a, a relationship that is heading towards a breakup. Now, what that means is Matthew Kachuk was initially a restricted free agent, which means that he was technically a free agent, but any deal that he would agree to, like let's say the St. Louis Blues came out and offered him a seven-year deal at $9 million per, um, the Calgary Flames could just say, yep, we're going to match that uh, and we're going to keep him. Or the St. Louis Blues could take that deal and then they would owe the Calgary Flames a gajillion draft picks. Um, So they could negotiate with him. They could continue to negotiate a contract, but so could other teams. And instead of letting him stay there, instead of trying to continue to negotiate a contract, the team in Matthew Kachuk agreed for him to go to arbitration, which basically means a long-term deal with the Calgary Flames is off the table. They're going to go into a room with a mediator, with an arbiter is what they call it. And Matthew Kachuk is going to say, I, I think it'd probably be like, I don't know what the limit is. I don't know what the rules are. I think it's only one or two years is the contract that you can do. Matthew Kachuk would say, I want $10 million. The Flames would say, I want to give you $6 million. I think that's obviously an under, underestimate, but the Flames would say that. And then the Arbor would be like, okay, hmm, 10 plus 6 divided by 2, that's 8. You get $8 million. So rather than 
uh, either side really, you know, coming to an agreement, it would just be a third party that says, okay, this is your new contract. Um, and it would be a very temporary thing. You know, it would be something that he would be a free agent again in just a few seasons. And that's not typical for a player of his age. You know, you typically see them sign long-term deals, just like what Robert Thomas just did. Um, so the fact that Matthew Kachuk is going to arbitration is a pretty good sign that he is not going to be a Calgary Flame long-term. They did just lose Johnny Gaudreau um, to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, and it does look like they're sort of in the midst of a retool in that sense. So it would make a lot of sense why Matthew Kachuk would want to move on from the Calgary Flames. Uh, but I've seen some people online on Twitter, analysts and stuff, suspect that he might be moved, might be traded by as soon as the end of the week. Now, how do the Blues fit into that? Well, the Blues have a tiny, tiny, tiny little bit of cap space left. Not enough to trade for Matthew Kachuk, I can tell you that much. Um, I'm gonna, I won't dance around it. The trade that I have heard proposed from the St. Louis Blues, the one that I think makes the most sense and I think could honestly lead to Matthew Kachuk being a member of the St. Louis Blues. And I know we've talked about this before. I know that, you know, it's fun to throw these trade speculations around, but this right now is the most confident, or not the most confident, but the most I've ever believed that a tr Matthew Kachuk trade to the St. Louis Blues is a legitimate possibility. All right, here we go. First part, matching the salary, freeing up the necessary cap space in order to sign Matthew Kachuk to a deal. Vladimir Tarasenko, easy, no-brainer. He's wanted out for a few seasons. His deal expires at the end of next season. He makes $7.5 million. Might not be completely enough to sign Matthew Kachuk, but it gets you pretty darn close. And also, there's a lot of value there. Yes, he's on an expiring deal, but he comes in. He provides a lot of goal scoring for the Flames. Um, he comes in and fills the spot that Johnny Gaudreau and or Matthew Kachuk uh, is going to vacate. So that makes a lot of sense there. Now, the other name, the one that hurts me to say, but makes sense, I talked about it in yesterday's episode, is Jordan Cairo. I don't think there is a team in the NHL that would be in the Matthew Kachuk sweepstakes that has a more valuable asset to offer than Jordan Cairo. Now, I talked about this yesterday. Jordan Cairo and Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko and a few other guys are up for contracts next year. And as the Blues stand right now, it is going to be impossible to bring all of those guys back. Now, my one my one reasoning for keeping Jordan Cairo, as opposed to you know getting rid of him to save the cap space, would be his youth. However, Matthew Kachuk is also young and a heck of a lot better than Jordan Cairo. And that's no nothing against Jordan Cairo. Jordan Cairo is a great player. However, Matthew Kachuk is a player that comes around every once in a while you there's not a lot of teams that have a player like Matthew Kachuk on their roster with his his youth his skill on both ends of the ice his leadership all that stuff he is a an extremely 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 valuable player in this league and if you have a chance to add him to your team you do it Jordan Cairo is a tier below Matthew Kachuk nothing against Jordan Cairo Jordan Cairo is immensely valuable and all those things I said about Matthew Kachuk, you know, if you have a chance to add a guy like that to your team, you do it. Same thing goes for Jordan Cairo. Just Matthew Kachuk is a tier above. Now, would it break my heart to see Jordan Cairo on another team? Absolutely. I love watching him play. He's probably my favorite player to watch on the St. Louis Blues. He's so fast. He's so skilled. He's so dynamic. He plays with so much passion and fun. But he can disappear in the second half of the regular season and a little bit in the playoffs as well. And he doesn't provide you 
nearly the same defensive punch that Matthew Kachuk provides. Now, what I, do I think that Vladimir Tarasenko and Matthew or Jordan Kyrie would be enough? Mm-mm. I think you got to throw in a few picks as well. I think, like I said, Matthew Kachuk is a franchise cornerstone type player, uh, and the Blues just signed a guy like a guy named Robert Thomas to a long-term deal to be that franchise cornerstone. And Robert Thomas and Matthew Kachuk are very good friends. Can you imagine seven years of Robert Thomas and Matthew Kachuk playing alongside one another? Matthew Kachuk scoring friggin' 50 goals a year. Robert Thomas getting 80 assists. Look, it's probably not going to happen. But I really do think that this is the closest it's ever been. Tommy and I spent a ton of time over the duration of the podcast, hypothesizing how Matthew Kachuk could end up a member of the St. Louis Blues. But ladies and gentlemen, I think this could legitimately be it. I think that I could be sitting down here on Monday and the title of the episode could be Matthew Kachuk is a St. Louis Blue. And if that's the case, I'd psyched to record it. Again, losing Jordan Kyrie, losing Vladimir Tarasenko would be heartbreaking. However, it would solve a lot of the Blues problems. It would free up that Tarasenko cap space, and it still kind of leaves you in a bit of a bit of a tricky scenario with your cap space next season. But at least you would already have Matthew Kachuk under contract. I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm not going to speculate too much more. I'm sure we're going to find out more news in the coming days. Maybe he stays a Calgary Flame. Maybe he gets traded to one of the other 31 teams in the NHL uh, or 30 teams in the NHL because he can't get traded to the Calgary Flames. But this 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 is real, guys. I think I think for once that there's actually some uh, some backbone to these rumors. I'm excited, uh, but that is all the time I have for y'all today. So make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button, or whatever podcast platform you're listening to me on. That way, you never miss a new episode. Hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel. We're like 10 away from 400. I'm really excited for that. Um, really appreciate all the support there. Uh, make sure you follow Lockdown Blues on all of our various social media accounts: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Lockdown Blues. Don't post as much in the last two, but. We'll get better at that. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Hammond NHL. Thank you all so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.